Listen. Hello? We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You play to win the game. Next fan up. I want winners. Featuring Pod Vader and the super fans. They are who we thought they were. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Next Fan Up, the podcast by the fans for the fans. I'm Justin. I'm the Seahawks super fan. It's been a little while. We kind of had some time off because we recorded all the division previews early. If you have not gone back and listened to those division previews, please do so. We cover every single team in depth, league wide, with 32 super fans, including a couple of guest super fans. So please, if you have not yet, give those a listen. Also, check out last Thursday's show. They move into the postseason phase, talk about who's going to win, who's going to lose. They're all a bunch of suckers for not putting the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Um, Monty, you might have been on that show. I apologize. Uh, oh, actually, I think you might have had us in the Super Bowl. So, did. Uh, I did. Uh, that voice you hear is Monty, the Raiders super fan. What's going on, Monty? Oh, fellas, I had beers for breakfast at a bowling alley. I've never been more ready to podcast than I am right now. That's that's the most American thing I've ever heard, Monty. Uh, Rob, our Bill super fan. What's going on, Rob? Uh, nothing. Now I'm a little jealous that I didn't have beers at a bowling alley this morning. That could bring a tear to a glass eye. Oh, it's oh, beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you bowl a good game? Uh, I was just throwing I was throwing heat rocks. Just jumping right <laughs> out of the cannon. Dude, that's what I, I don't do. remember. I, I, I have no I idea the what the score, score was. On like the speedometer, and I kind of forget what happens in the game. Uh, uh, anyway, this is a football podcast, not a bowling podcast. Maybe we'll we'll work on that one later. So on today's show, we're just going to get to a quick news item or two. Then we're going to get right into an article written by Dan Graziano of ESPN. Some uh, 25 predictions between now and the year 2020 in the NFL. Kind of a fun read, and it's always kind of fun to sort of predict and project and all that. The one news item that we have, though, is it looks like Deonta Foreman is in a bit of trouble. Um, he was, uh, looks like, busted for possession of a firearm uh, and maybe some drugs. Uh, Rob, do you know anything about that story? Um, I don't know a ton about um, the story. I did see his, the firearm is there was a gun in his car, um, which, but you know, and the, the, the drug was, mar- was a marijuana charge. Uh, but man, you, you're just getting into the NFL. The first impression you make on a team is, you know, you, you show up to camp out of shape. The last thing you want to be doing right now is, you know, getting popped for pop for marijuana, popped on the gun charge, which is going to be, you know, the big deal for him, I think. I mean, he's probably looking at a, a little suspension, um, you know, coming down the pipeline for him. I mean, this is just a bad way to integrate yourself with your teammates. Yeah, from what I can read, it sounds like he was one of a group of men who were arrested because somebody called about the smell of marijuana. Uh, I'm going to assume he must not have been hanging out in Seattle. Um, And then um, that's when he got popped for that, and they found an unlicensed firearm, which I feel like that unlicensed firearm found in your car happens all the time to guys. Would you agree with that, Monty? Uh, it happens way more often than you would think. Uh, kind of a bummer for uh, Freeman. I I watched his draft right up. You know, they kind of did his little backstory. Um, I was pulling for him, man. I wanted him to make some money as a rookie, set the league on fire, and then sign one of those huge contracts where you'd watch, you know, look back and be like, he made it. But not a good start. Yeah, man. As as a rookie, games haven't even started yet. Yet that is pretty rough. Um, All right, so we're going to get into the uh, 25 predictions. Before we do, though, uh, everybody, I want to tell you we're going to be participating in a program uh, here called Two Pods a Day. The goal is to get all the listeners of all the podcasts to listen to two independent podcasts every day for the month of August. So you're going to hear us talk a little bit more about that as we get closer to it. We just want to get everybody involved in some indie podcasts and hopefully get some people involved in ours. So just kind of keep your ear out for it. Um, Be ready to listen to some additional podcasts. I know I'm going to be checking out a couple of little ones. I've got a couple of friends who do little podcasts on the side, so I'm really curious about that whole community. So just keep your ears out for that. Uh, But let's get into the, the main event. So, Dan Graziano over at ESPN wrote this article, 25 predictions through 2020. We're just going to go down the list, 1 through 25. We'll talk about the predictions, kind of what we think. Uh, Starting with number one, Tom Brady will start more games for the Patriots than Jimmy Garoppolo. So between now and 2020, Tom Brady is going to start more games as a Patriot than Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Rob, as the AFC East representative, what do you think of that prediction? I I actually agree with it. I think that, I mean, everyone, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo right now is in the last year of his deal, I believe. Um, I was a little surprised they didn't trade him. The fact that they didn't uh, makes you think that there's thoughts that they may keep him. But there have been so many decent backups behind Tom Brady that they have uh, moved, you know, moved on from. And I realize that, you know, Brady's 40, but the type of game he plays, age isn't really as much of a factor. He's still, he was lights out last year. And Tom Brady is a guy who has been willing to take a way below market deal um, in order to facilitate, you know, good, good cap situations for his team. Uh, so you're going to be getting, it's not like you're overpaying an older guy who isn't performing. You're underpaying an older guy who happens to be really performing. Uh, so they went, they got him weapons this year, which leads me to believe that uh, he's going to, you know, have probably one of his better years of his career this year. And uh, I think they're just going to continue riding with him. And, um, you know, whatever happens with uh, Jimmy, they'll just, you know, they'll, they drafted Brissett in the third round. What was that last year? So they already have another guy in the pipeline to be the backup du jour for another team to overpay in a couple of years. I think that's a good point, uh, Rob. I looked at it more of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to be the starter of the Patriots, right? That, that's what so I think. Yeah. I think uh, Tom Brady, I mean, God, any red-blooded American who's not from New England is probably hoping that the first half of the Super Bowl – uh, the way it performed is the beginning of the end of this nightmare we've all been living under the last 17 years. Um, so maybe Brady will play for the Patriots for the next few years or not. But I think that, uh, it, it, you know, the way that it's written or the way that it's phrased is that um, I wouldn't be shocked if Garoppolo does get traded for something and he's never the starter for the Patriots. Whether or not Tom Brady will still be starting in 2020, that remains to be seen. I'm I. I mean, maybe it's just the heart that's uh, the hate that's in my heart, but I, I I can't I can't live in a world where 2020 Tom Brady's still playing football. Yeah, to to me, I think the most likely outcome is Tom Brady starts at least the next two years, which means this prediction is right. The second most likely thing is Jimmy Garoppolo is not up the Patriots quarterback anyway in that span. So I don't think it's going out on a limb here. Um, this one, we'll see how far out on a limb you think this is. The Raiders will win a Super Bowl before leaving Oakland. So that means really within the next two years, he predicts a Raiders Super Bowl. Thoughts on that, Monty? I think they're going to win the next two years. I mean, that's they're going to win two in a row. So I think that uh, Don Graziano, I mean, he's not going out on a limb there. This is the best team in the league. I think we all know it. Uh, I mean, even even super fan Nick from the Chiefs is starting to come around. I mean, this just feels like a no-brainer. Uh, in all seriousness, no, I, I think Carr and Khalil Mack are going to be a force to be reckoned with for the next five years. And I'd be surprised if they don't come, you know, at least make some Super Bowl appearances in the next few years. And as a Raiders fan, I think that's expected. I'm more curious what you guys think about it. Yeah, we've talked about it. I've got Raiders Seahawks in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I really, really like the Raiders. As long as uh, there's not just another random injury to Derek Carr, I think they had as good a chance as anybody to win it last year. And I think they're as good, if not better, this year, especially with the addition of Beast Mode! God. Rob Rob Rob? is just speechless. He's speechless because this is the all Beast Mode podcast, though. It actually is. Buffalo's fan, the Seahawks fan, and the Raiders fan. I apologize, but that's exactly where my mind went when he yelled Beast Mode. I was like, wait, all three of us have a connection. I love Beast Mode. <laughs> and right. Leo Mack went to college at this at the college I attempted to go to its sister school, the University of Buffalo. So I uh, they, I definitely root for the Raiders um, when I'm not being disappointed by my Buffalo Bills. Um, I think that they're an upper echelon team for sure. I think that, you know, barring injuries and things like that, and, you know, there's a lot of different outcomes that could happen in any game, but there, I mean, of the handful of teams that you would expect to be in a Super Bowl this year, I think it's safe to say that the Oakland Raiders are one of them. I also think that as a fan of sports, I mean, it sucks when a team leaves their city. And I don't care if you're a basketball fan or a tennis fan, just hearing that the Raiders are leaving Oakland, you kind of got to root for them to win one for the home team. Uh, if they're not playing your favorite team, right? 
Uh, I was just going to say, I, I on that point, I hear you, because literally the past 15 years, up until Terry Pagula bought the Bills, all I heard about was how the Bills were going to move once uh, Ralph Wilson died. I mean, even bon jo- John Bon Jovi came in to try to move the team a couple years ago. So I, it's a very valid point. It's probably another reason why I have, uh, you know, a, a like of the Raiders more so than a lot of other NFL teams. We must unite the clans. Unite the <laughs> clans this January. <laughs> All right, number three. The next collective bargaining agreement will be negotiated without a work stoppage. Do you think there's a chance of that happening, Rob? I think there's going to be a threat of it, but I think it'll probably be similar to last time. It seemed like there was going to be a little bit of a work stoppage, and then, you know, once the actual thought of, oh, we're not going to get paid uh, for a little while crosses players' minds, they, um, you know, they go into survival mode and get a deal done that probably isn't, you know, the most beneficial to them. It's been kind of the way it's played out uh, the past, you know, couple years, um, you know, for the, you know, in the NFL, it's been, they've come close, but when it comes to the game of chicken, the owners have won it and the the players have kind of given them more than they should have. I think that something similar will happen again. Do you know when when was the last actual work stoppage? When did Keanu Reeves lace him up and play with the replacements? It just seems like a pretty fair, you know, pretty he's not going out on a limb there. I'm sure they're going to figure this out. There's too much yeah. money, too much money at stake. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, I probably don't need to draft Shane Falco for my fantasy team next year. All right, number 4, the Legion of Boom will dissolve. This one I'd, I would say it's it's kind of 50-50 to me as a Seahawks super fan. Naturally, I have opinions on this. I mean, you look at really what we consider like the th- three principal members sh- between Sherman, Camp Chancellor, and Earl Thomas. There's some questions all around. Earl Thomas had that really bad injury, and he kind of talked about retirement. If he gets injured again, who knows? Richard Sherman, obviously there is some potential of him being moved, traded in, in the offseason. And there was you know, fire where that smoke was coming out. That was a real story. And then this is Cam Chancellor's last year on his deal. Realistically, I expect that we'll have all three at least through 2018. Uh, I think there's a better than uh, better chance than not that Cam Chancellor will re-sign, that Earl Thomas will continue to hang on, and uh, that R- Richard Sherman won't get moved. But come 2019-2020, I don't know. I mean, this group is getting a little bit older. So for me, again, I put the odds at 50-50. What, what do you guys think? Uh, sorry, this is Monty. I'll jump in on that. I think, uh, I mean, when it's tough, right? Because those guys have been awesome. They've taken you to the Super Bowl. You've won a championship. But I don't know, like, when older players who command top contracts get to that stage in their career, I mean, it's kind of bittersweet, but I don't hate it when – my team lets a, a veteran go because they're just not willing to pay him that amount of money. I love Cam Chancellor. I think he's awesome. He's fun to watch. I think Earl Thompson is one of the best in the business. Uh, Richard Sherman has been fun to watch the last few years, but I mean, they're getting older, man. Like if they move on and you've got their backup ready in the wings, ready to come up, that's great. If you don't have anyone to fill those slots, then that's kind of on your management, you know, like players get old. Yeah, that's exactly why the Seahawks spent about half their draft picks on defensive backs this year, both as depth and to for potential replacements down the line. I mean, it's it is what it is. I I hope it never happens. I hope they can all finish their career here. I understand the business aspect of it. I understand that that's probably not going to happen, but I can hope. All right, number five, Odell Beckham Jr. will earn more than twenty million per year on his contract. Rob, are you ready to pay Odell twenty million a year? Um, so the way Odell's contract is, he's got, this is, um, this year is the option year, right? So he gets that next year. So his new contract will be 2019, right? I believe so. So the cap is, yeah, the cap's going to probably go up another, it's been going up steadily about 10 million a year each of the past couple of years. So let's say it goes up another, you know, in between now and 2019, you know, another 20 million. I think that this number, which seems kind of crazy for a wide receiver, I think it, he might get just under it. I, it's going to be right in that area because now you're looking at a cap that's up in that 190 
million area, 185, 190, you know, if it projects the way it has. And then, I mean, Odell Beckham, is he worth 10% of your salary cap? I think, you know, he might be. I, I don't know, man. Like uh, twenty million a year. I don't know the salary cap and all the percentages of whatever. Is he worth it or not? I, I don't know, man. Like, who's the highest paid wide receiver? It felt like when Megatron signed that huge deal, it kind of put the, the the lions behind the eight ball. I don't know. I mean, Odell Beckham has had a killer year. I think our giant super fan was running down the stats of why his like first three years in the season he's been all that, but. Is he is he the is he the premier number one wide receiver in the league? Like, if you had to pay any wide receiver, is he the guy? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's in the conversation at least. Um, so right now, for a frame of reference, Antonio Brown is averaging seventeen million a year. That's the highest yearly average, followed by AJ Green at fifteen and Julio at fourteen. Um, you Those know, contracts were signed a couple years ago, though. Yeah, that, like, then, then twenty million a year seems like market value. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I think that we're going to be at that point by then. Yeah, I think when you put it in that context, um, we haven't had a absolute top-flight, top-tier wide receiver hit total unrestricted free agency, and Odell might not either, in, in a while. So if he does, the, somebody will pay him 20. Uh, I can guarantee you that. Uh, well, if he hits the unrestricted market, he'll get it. But yeah. I don't think he will. I think the Giants will sign him long-term. And I think twenty million is probably. I mean, his guys are probably going to try to make that the number. Yeah, um, I would just, agree. You know. All right, number six. Kirk Cousins will earn more than thirty million per year on his next contract. That's a staggering number, Monty. It feels like a staggering number, but just again, isn't that just the going rate of a quarterback? Like. Mm-hmm. So let's say they give him whatever the the transition tag or franchise tag 2.0, whatever the hell he's going to get from Washington next year. By the time he finally signs, like 30 million a year just might be the going rate of like a competent quarterback in the NFL. Okay, let me put it this way. Do you think just a year or two after Derek Carr signs for 25, Kirk Cousins gets 30? Yeah, that, I think uh, I think Stafford a... I think Stafford could get twenty eight right now, and I think if Kirk Cousins signs next year in the offseason, like I just think that's the number. Man, yeah, Kirk but... Cousins. If they, I saw a figure a couple days ago. If they transition tag him, which I think is the most likely outcome, if they don't sign a long term deal, is he's going to be at like twenty eight just with that, based on you know the fact that he's been franchised the past two years. If they franchise him again. He's at his numbers at something crazy, like thirty-four million. So I, mean, I think his deal has to be thirty million. You, you know, can, you so or go they're going to lose in the free agency. You can go into your local McDonald's and try to negotiate the price of a Big Mac based on the value of what you're consuming, but they're going to come back and say that's just the price of the Big Mac, dude. Either get it or don't. Yeah. I understand that market aspect of it. So here is my question. Do you believe there is a team willing to pay Derek Carr $30 million? Derek Boy. Carr, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, not Derek Carr. Uh, Kirk uh, Cousins, I think, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, there, there are teams, you think, in the NFL who would who would spend 30 a year on Kirk Cousins? I, if it's not the Washington franchise, I don't know. I don't know who else. Like, what? why not? All this guy has done is won games for you. He's played for you. He knows your system. Like, I don't know what the holdup is here. I think that these two need to, like, go into the closet seven minutes of heaven and come out with a signed contract. Like, these guys, they're made for each other. All right, speaking of uh, quarterbacks made for their teams, Aaron Rodgers will beat that deal. Do we think he will exceed that deal? His current deal runs through 2019, which means he'll be up for an extension going into the end of 2019. And he's currently be, the sixth highest paid. He'll be a discount bargain price when he does sign the greatest contract ever signed by a quarterback. He's phenomenal. He's an amazing quarterback. He's in the prime of his life. Uh, and when his turn comes up on the carousel to sign those big contracts, he'll be worth every penny. You agree, yeah. Rob? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's... There, there's nothing to suggest. I mean, when you sign a contract, you're looking at what the future is going to hold. There's nothing to suggest Aaron Rodgers is going 
his game has hit its plateau and he's not going to be as good as he's been, you know, the past, you know, seven, eight years or so. So, I mean, Green Bay pays their own. They're, he's going to get the contract and it's going to be the biggest contract in the NFL uh, probably for a little while. So as a 37-year-old, which I believe is what he'll be at the time, um, you think he will still merit the biggest contract in the league, and you think he won't be offering any kind of discounts to potentially chase a ring? Is that what you're saying? I think that his per average, he's going to be the highest. He won't have, like, I don't think it'll be, like, a six-year deal for, like, 100 or for $200 million, but I think his per-year average will be the highest in the league probably by a couple million and i don't think i don't think he'll give a discount because um green green bay always has tons of cap space so what's the reason to give a discount i think that they'll just reward their own he'll 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 get whatever the percentage is for quarterbacks it'll it, that that math has probably already been put together in the spreadsheet of the green bay packers and green bay brian probably is you know could probably chime in on exactly what that number will be yeah and that would be the hope obviously that they're preparing for the cap now planning like rollovers and things like that all right number eight eli manning will be the last of the 2004 quarterbacks left standing so they're talking about rivers roethlisberger and manning all right can we all agree that that's probably an easy one that no know, way i disagree what philip rivers is just a terrible human being and he is not going to go quietly into the night he is going to just kicking and screaming. He's going to be shot putting the ball, yelling at other teams' fans. He's a terrible human being, and I'll be watching that that Philip Rivers with his bolo ties and all of that. Big Ben is probably going to be in jail or just retire. Eli's got money. He's probably going to get into ownership. He's Him and his brother and his dad are going to buy a team. Philip Rivers, what is he got? Is he going to go home and spend time with his 15 right. kids? Uh, that was why I think he's going to be the one left standing as well, actually. What? What's, what's he got to go home to? He's going to go home to like 90 kids. Yeah, that sounds yeah. difficult. I, no, yeah. I, that's a tough way to transition in life. Just, just stay hanging out, give weird press conferences with bolo ties, and yeah. talk to oh, yeah. yeah. And what? LA is like, going to be a rough transition for those Chargers. They're going to take any, they need to put his face on those season tickets. Eli's had by far the best health of the three. Um, his team is not moving from one place to another. He hasn't been talking about retirement as it is. I I, I thought this one was a gimme. I can't believe we're we're not on the same page with this one. You guys are crazy. He's All right, got, number nine. He's got those issues with that uh, merchandise. He's like stealing number nine. or something. <laughs> number, number nine. nine. The, no, the marijuana policy will be changed within the next three years. Uh, I just say doubt it. What do you guys think? I think I'll it will be. Yeah, and I'll I jump in it's... on this. Go shoot. Yeah, I think that the uh, players, they pick the weirdest things in their collective bargaining agreements when they're signing those CBAs. Like, they got really focused in on the number of padded practices. I just feel like they're going to make a big deal about this, the marijuana policy. And, like, the NFL's policy is, like, super strict, like, more strict than if you want to be a TSA agent at the airport. Like, I think that they're going to, rather than try to get more money for them as a collective, they're going to focus in on something silly like the number of milligrams of marijuana in your bloodstream, and that's what they're going to win, and they're all going to go home and celebrate, and the owners are going to take their money to the bank. Marijuana yeah, is, is still federally illegal, and I don't see that changing in the next three years. And if that doesn't change, their policy won't change. Yeah. I think that their stance on it as far as how strict they are could. And I think that the owners are going to use it as a bargaining chip at the next CBA. I think the owners are going to, this is going to be what the owners use because it doesn't cost them any more money to get something that they want from the players. That's a great point though. I think with the federal, like they could come down in the NFL and we're going to take away your, you know, um, tax exempt status or something. Tax exempt. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but Boy, it just seems like the way the world is moving, nobody cares, and the players are going to take their eye off the prize and settle for small potatoes. Man, the NFL is a really big, very profitable charity. Uh, all right, number 10, Drew Brees will retire after the 2018 season. I, I say it's possible. I hope it isn't so, but it's possible. What do you guys think? No way. I I don't think so. Quarterbacks play 
longer than any other position. I mean, I guess he could, but I don't think he will. He put he had a pretty pretty rock solid year last year. I mean, he would be I haven't 40. seen anything decline. Uh, you know, if if Tom Brady is doing the TB12 method and Vinny Testaverde played till he's 43, Drew Brees is not going to retire until he's injured and can no longer play. Number 11, Jameis Winston wins a playoff game before Marcus Mariota does. I disagree. I like Mariota better. I I, I like uh, the Titans in their division quite a bit. Um, I think Mariota has a better chance of getting a decent seed in the playoffs and, and getting at least one victory. Uh, Rob, where do you stand on that? Uh, I like Tampa Bay better as a team right now, I think. Tampa Bay's offense is wicked fun. I will um, say, I mean, adding Deshaun Jackson. Uh, with yeah, Mike and Evans. adding O.J. Howard. Yeah. If they can just figure out, you know, the running game, and they're saying that Doug Martin is, you know, back to his form, who knows if that's believable or not. But if he is, that offense is going to be real tough. But the thing that Marcus Mariota has going for him is that he plays in kind of a crap division. Mm-hmm. And they, they look good last year. They're probably going to take another step because he has more weapons. And I just think it's an easier path for Tennessee to get a home game because if they win the division, obviously they get a home game in the playoffs. And I think because of that, it probably is Marcus Mariota. But I want to say Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's a total toss-up for me. Both those guys are great. I like both those teams. But uh, your point on uh, the Titans having an easier path to get a home game as a division champion, that would be the, the tiebreaker for me. All right, number 12, the NFC East snow repeat streak continues. So just as a reminder, the NFC East hasn't had repeat champions since the Eagles in 2003-2004. If you had a kid that year, they would be a teenager now. That's how long it's been. Monty, will a team from the East repeat? The NFC East is so bad. Does it really matter who wins that division? They either win at 8-8 eight and eight or some fluke team wins 13 games and then gets eliminated right off the bat. I mean... Yeah, let's keep the streak. I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of sport, so let's keep the streak alive. But yeah, I don't think it matters. The NFC East is awful. <laughs> what do you say, Rob? I say that Dallas is a prime candidate for regression. Um, and also, I mean, looks like they may be losing Zeke Elliott for a game or two this year to start the season. We'll see how that goes. But they and plus they got suspensions on the defense. Um, I. They'll have a first-place schedule, so I think they regress. I could easily see a team, any of the other teams, you know, sneaking their way in because, you know, like Bonnie said, it's not, it's not a murderer's row division by any stretch. I mean, a nine and seven could win that division easily. So um, I say, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, people need to not forget the fact that the Giants won eleven games last year. They don't need to improve on that much to be the winners of that division. And this being the NFC East, they could crater and win three games. I'm with you guys. I think that it's such a toss-up. It's such a mixed bag. I don't say all the teams suck. You can direct your hate to at Montsadius on Twitter on that one. But I definitely think that all the teams are in that race. All right, number 13. And, Rob, we're going to go right to you with this one. The Bills' playoff drought will end. Yes. Take it away. It, it's ending. Not the, It's not going to end this year. It's going to end next year. But, man. The, the new, the, you were talking about, you know, the long, the streak from the NFC. So the Bills' last playoff game, fun fact if you don't remember, was the Music City Miracle. Uh, when that happened, I was under 21 and bartending, and now I'm married with a 10-year-old kid. The streak is literally going to be 18 years old this year. Uh, oh, man. So that, the streak they, finally, they finally went out and made good hires. Um, the coach, uh, McDermott, I thought was a great hire and, you know, basically came in with uh, GM, who he's familiar with, um, from Carolina. Um, so they're going to be in lockstep. They're going to, you know, have symmetry. The Bills haven't had something like that. Rex Ryan was hired by the owner, um, Pagula. So him and, uh, him and Whaley didn't work well together. That was kind of documented locally. Uh, the the Bills now doing things looking towards the future. We have a uh, – they picked up Kansas City's first-round pick next year um, with the compensatory picks. It looks like the Bills 
kind of planned with that. It, they ha will have a third, it looks like. So they're getting ready. They're building, they're building for the future. They've cleared bad contracts. They have some good talent. Um, if Tyrod Taylor fits in this offense, and I think he could, because Rick Dennison, who was the offensive coordinator in Denver and the offensive coordinator in Houston, um, with um, oh God, his name's uh, slipping my mind right now. Um, but with the coach who was in Denver for a while, um, I think that uh, if he fits in this offense, that they're going to be able to do all right. Their defense is going to be good. They're switching back to a four-three. I think it's they're going to have some learning curves this year, but I think next year they'll have uh, they'll have a little bit more depth of talent, and I think the streak finally ends at eight after eighteen seasons. That would be amazing. Um, certainly, the a potential retirement of Tom Brady would probably help that cause as well. All right, number fourteen. The Browns' playoff drought will continue. So the Browns will continue to not be in the playoffs for the next three years. What do you think, Monty? No way. Hugh Jackson is a great coach. I think that the Browns are, you know, stocking up some draft capital. Uh, uh, three years is a long time. The NFL can change a lot. Uh, Big Ben will probably not be in Pittsburgh. I do love the Ravens. They seem to always perpetually be there. Uh I could see the Bengals taking a step backward with Andy Dalton. I just, I, I, I believe in Hugh Jackson. I watched him personally. I think he's a great coach. He's a great play caller. His players play for him. They believe in him. And I don't know, man. I, I think Hugh Jackson's going to get him back into the playoffs. It, I, I feel it. The redemption for the butt fumble. All right, number fifteen. Dak Prescott will continue to be the best quarterback from the 2016 draft. I disagree. I think it's going to be Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is a better quarterback today. He just doesn't have that wonderful situation that Dak Prescott fell into. Uh, but between you know that all-world offensive line, Zeke Elliott, uh, Des Bryant, um, I think that from this very moment, Carson Wentz is a better football player. Who do you like, Rob? I like I like Carson Wentz as well. Uh, between the two, I, I think Dak Prescott walked into a heck of a situation last year. Like you said, that offensive line, beast running back, you know, they have wide receiver talent. He had a nice, um, you know, veteran type, you know, tight end that he could dump off to. Um, I think that now they lost two of those five pieces on the offensive, you know, on the offensive line. Um, so I think that, you know, and this is probably going to be the last year for Witten. I think moving forward, um, Carson Wentz, you know, they he didn't have those type of weapons last year. This year, he does. He's got quite a bit more weapons than he had last year. So I think now you're going to see them working with, you know, similar talent. I think this is what Carson Wentz will show. He's a better of the two quarterbacks. Monty, are you a vote for Jared Goff? I do not like Jared Goff. I watched the HBO series uh, Inside the NFL, Hard Knocks. And, yeah, Jared Goff did not impress me. I was a little nervous. Uh, on his prospects, but uh, North Dakota is, you know, God's country. So Carson Wentz is kind of my favorite out of this class. Uh, it's going to be tough though, because he's got the most talent. I like the moves that the uh, Eagles have been making lately, but boy, it's going to be tough to compete with the kind of money that's getting thrown around down in Dallas. Speaking about prospects, what about number 16? Deshaun Watson will be the best quarterback from the 2017 draft. Is he your favorite guy from this class, Monty? Definitely. I think the rest of these guys were not, I mean, average at best. I know that uh, we've we've gone on on this podcast time and time again about, uh, you know, Mahomes and Trubisky. Uh, just feels to me like Deshaun Watson was like that safe Teddy two gloves kind of guy. He's going to have success. His team is a great defense. I think he's in a good situation. Uh, I think the rest of these guys are just going to struggle to, you know, succeed in a league when they don't have talent around them. And Deshaun Watson has the best opportunity to win games. Rob, as one of our draft experts, I'm sure you have an opinion on this. I think Deshaun Watson landed in the best spot short term um, just because he's got a coach who's, you know, an offensive philosophy coach. He's got a, He's the only one of these guys who I think has an, you could say, has an elite receiver straight out the gate. Um, 
time. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago definitely doesn't have that. Mahomes doesn't have that, and Cleveland doesn't have that. So you can't say that about like Kaiser or anybody else. Um, I think after a couple years, though, I think that Mitchell Trubisky is. I still think he's has the potential to be a good quarterback. His offensive coordinator in Chicago was a former QB coach. I think that's going to, you know, kind of help him along. And I think that um, as, you know, they're kind of slowly working their way up. They gave up a lot to get him, so they believe in him. So they're going to give him every opportunity. And they're probably, I would imagine, they're going to give him weapons over the next year or so. So I think Mitchell Trubinsky, once it's all said and done, is going to be the guy. Um, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the worst of all of them. And that's not just because the Bills have Kansas City's first round. And Pat, Pat Mahomes was going to be the one that I was going to say to keep an eye on just because of the history of success that Andy Reid has with quarterbacks. Um, I don't know as much, obviously, just about his talent and things like that as you do, but just based on situation. I mean, you put a quarterback with Andy Reid, he seems to have success. All right, okay. number 17. Helmet technology will be a big story. I don't I, even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and really it's about player safety and it's about concussions. I think it is going to be a big story. I think that right now, you know, a lot of it has been sort of looking towards the past about, you know, how we handled concussions, how people were, were treated, affecting things like rule changes to the contact area. You've already seen it a little bit. You see helmets that have slightly different looks. They have those kind of like collapsible, like Im- impact absorbing sections, things like that. I think that you're going to see those get pushed more and more. And and truthfully, being just a little bit cynical, a lot of that's going to come from the NFL saying, hey, look how much we're doing to deal with this concussion issue. Um, so that that's my thought on it. It sounds like you guys don't have much opinion there, but I, I, think that's, I think that's very likely to be something that we hear about in a lot of primetime broadcasts, them talking about their helmet technology just as sort of a PR move. And hopefully it does do some good because these guys do obviously take a lot of punishment all right number 18 sam bradford will change teams again man i tried really hard to get our viking super fan on here i think that the sam bradford teddy bridgewater thing is a massive massive story that's going to explode at some point and nobody's talking about it yet I mean, change teams again. If, if if Teddy comes back, then yeah, that obviously. If Teddy gets injured and isn't back, Sam Bradford will probably be in the, I, I just don't know if that's even that big of a story. He feels like one of those journeyman type quarterbacks, like a better than Brian Hoyer type quarterback who is good enough in the short term, but he's never going to be anyone's long term answer. So yeah, wouldn't you expect him to change teams a couple times? The Vikings didn't give up journeyman collateral to go get him, though. I mean, they they gave up starter stuff. I th- I feel like they thought that Teddy was done, that his his career was over based on that injury, and he's come back and he's come back much faster than they expected. I don't think they were ready to make a decision yet, and I think that Teddy's kind of forcing their hand. All right, number nineteen, Bill O'Brien will too. So they're saying Bill O'Brien will also change teams. This one seems a little nutty to me. What do you think, Rob? I I don't know. I don't think that he I don't think he'd leave. I think he's got a good situation in uh in Houston. He seems to be, you know, he seems to have a lot of say. He's a, you know, they've been making the playoffs. Um I mean, I don't think you're gonna go out and find a a better situation. I mean, I think, you know, for him, I think I would be surprised if something like that happened. I think, you know, I think they, they got a good owner in Houston. Um, I think that he stays there. I don't know, man. Like, just coming from the fan of the game, there's been so many times when there's been a good coach who got fired just because of bad luck. So if uh, Watson doesn't turn out to be the guy, I could see the ownership and the fans and the media turning on Bill O'Brien, even though he's a great coach. I mean, he's taken that team. I don't know how many times they've won the division recently, but they haven't had a quarterback this whole time. And in this day and age, for that to happen, I mean, that he's doing something right. He's a great coach. But it wouldn't be surprising to me if he got canned just because Watson failed to deliver on what they thought he was going to be. 
Right, or he gets canned because all of a sudden the Titans are a force to be reckoned with, which is another possibility. All sure. right, number 20, star players will sign shorter-term deals with bigger guarantees. I agree with this completely. Something we've been talking about is another podcast, just talking about contracts, contract structure, comparing NFL to NBA contracts, things like that. If that's something that interests you guys, send us an email, nextfanup at gmail.com, or tweet us at NFU Podcast, because we've got some guys here who can really go into the nitty-gritty of that. And I think you're already starting to see this here. The Seahawks, for example, signed a bunch of people to a bunch of one-year deals. And because of how quickly the salary cap is rising, that seems to be kind of the thing to do now, is rather than get that long-term security, if you're a star player and you think you're going to be great, you almost want that shorter deal. It's like, more contracts rather than bigger contracts are the way to go. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Monty? I think that's exactly right. More contracts is better than bigger contracts that can be cut two years down the road. So uh, I listened to Andrew Brand. I don't know if he's a friend of the podcast or not, but I've yes. listened to him ever since, uh, you know, uh, since back in the day at the four letter. And I mean, the NFL players, it feels like they're agents and them need to get on board and doing a better job of getting some better guarantees for what they're doing out there. Yeah, there's actually, there was a good article on profootballtalk.com a couple days ago about this kind of exact thing and how, you know, if it would be advantageous for a team to go out and do things like that um, because it would get, and if, you know, obviously in the NFL, you're looking for any advantage you can get because, you know, some teams aren't offering deals like that yet to go out and do a more, higher guarantee shorter year uh deal um and looking into doing you know if they were to do it do something like that it could be very beneficial for a team that being said it almost be like the nba where if you sign the wrong guy to like a four-year high guarantee deal you're stuck um you know with the nfl the one thing they like is uh, the one thing that they do is if you're in a bad contract you can kind of get out of it usually after like the second or third year uh, so I think that you are going to start seeing some of it, um, but I think we won't see a lot of it until the next CBA is done and maybe something is done about, you know, guaranteed money. All right. Number 21, the Jaguars Rams Cardinals will be in the quarterback market next off season. Um, to me, the the Cardinals, I think very likely just based on the age of Carson Palmer Jaguars, man, it really depends on how Bortles does. Rams, I mean, do you move on from a top pick after two seasons? Yes. Rob, oh, yes. All right, Monty, tell, <laughs> all right, tell, I say, tell me. Tell me I say no. Think. I say no. I'm going to tell you what. Just re- real quickly, one, his, his one year was with a terrible coach and a terrible offensive system, and now their new coach, uh, McVay, was the offensive coordinator in Washington. Um, young guy who you know, is known as a real bright offensive mind. You know, I think that, I don't think that Goff is a great quarterback, but I think that he's good enough that if he's getting good tutelage, he's going to be a good enough NFL quarterback that they won't move on from him after only his second year in the league. So that assumes, that assumes that the 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 coaching regime last year we're like, even though it could mean our jobs, we're gonna make, we're gonna water down this offense so that you can understand it. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like nobody wants to have a vanilla offense that can be picked up by middle schoolers reading the playbook. Like, I, I, I honestly think that he's a terrible quarterback. He doesn't get it. And Jeff Fisher and company, who've been around the NFL for a long time did everything they could to try to put in a game plan that he could at least grasp and fathom and run. And it drove uh, Todd Gurley crazy because the team was so basic and easy to predict. And, you know, granted they didn't have all that much talent, but I don't know, man, like, I, I don't know if Goff is the guy he, there's never been one instant of anything that he's done where I've been like, oh, maybe he's got the skills. He just feels like one of those guys who got drafted high because there was no one else in that class. And the Rams, you know, they're going to pay the price for it. And the Cardinals picking a quarterback, they're in the quarterback market right now. When you've got a 40-year-old quarterback who's already talked about retirement and came out of retirement to play for the Raiders years ago and is still in the league, yeah, you're in the market for a quarterback. 
And the Jaguars just depends on how many games they win. If Bortles can win games this year, then the Jaguars are going to let him go. If uh, I let him continue being the guy, if they struggle and they win eight games or less, then yeah, they're going to be in the market too. I just have a, I mean, it, it's hard for me to think of moving from a quarterback pick so high after just two years. And I definitely think he had a really terrible coaching, but by the same token, I mean, in the current coaching staff, they're not the ones who picked him. He's not their problem. So I could certainly see see them saying, "Hey, that's somebody else's issue." It's a window yeah, business. If if he doesn't show results, uh, uh, why why not fire him? I mean, uh, your boy Pete Carroll. What they paid Flynn a a crap ton of money, but Russell Wilson was better than him. Like if you've got a better option, you move on. Because if you're not yeah, winning games on Sunday, you're fired. You lose your job, yeah, and you've I mean, got to move your family. That was a story, though, because that was so contrary to, to the way that most teams operate. And I can go into length about that. But especially when you spend money in draft capital, most teams aren't willing to move on. And, and you, you see that tend to play out. All right, number draft 22. Draft capital is one thing, but I think this owner just spent a crap ton of money to build a new stadium. He's trying to win over a fan base. And if Jared Goff is not winning games, there is no way he's still going to be the guy next year. Number 22. The Falcons will play in at least one more Super Bowl in the next three years. Rob, are they still a Super Bowl contender? Nope. <laughs> All right, tell no, me why. I and you, their new offensive coordinator, who you're probably at least a little familiar with, Steve Sarkeesian. I have a feeling that he, they are going to regress quite a bit from what Shanahan was running there last year, and. I mean, their defense will get a little better, but I don't think that this is a team that is going to, you know, be a Super Bowl contending team every year. Um, like, you know, like that suggests that they're going to play in one in the next three. I don't think they will be. Um, super, uh, super fan Neil is a huge fan of tight ends with a huge upside. So I can't think of who the tight end is on the Falcons. So. <laughs> I'm going to say no chance for a Hooper, Super Bowl. Austin Hooper. Unless you have a, a, a quality tight end with a huge upside. That's funny. I, I think a lot of people are going to agree with this uh, this prediction that they will be. And I'm with you. I think every year you have that team where it's like, you know, you go back a, what, a year or two and everyone's like, man, the Falcons just went like 14-2. and two And right, not the, the, the Falcons, the Panthers just went like 14-2 and two right to the Super Bowl. They're going to be monsters for years to come. And then they crap the bed. Uh I see the Falcons as the prime candidate for that. Uh, and in terms of Steve Sarkeesian, I think he's a, a good coordinator. I think he's got a good mind for it. Um, I hope he's ready to be back in this role. I mean, he's a man who's who's battling some demons, and, and I hope he's right. And I, I just say that just, you know, as, as a person. Um, all right, going to move on. Number 23, TV network deals will be a major story. At least locally, um, the baseball TV deals have been a really big story. I haven't heard a ton about the TV deals, though. What do you think, Monty? Uh, It feels like there's no network that's going to give up what they got. NBC feels like they're locked in. CBS got the AFC. Fox is the NFC. No one's going to give that up. Um, So if they're talking about these weird live streaming deals that Amazon Prime and Twitter are battling over for the Thursday night deals, then I guess it's a major story. But I think... The TV money is going to continue to roll in, and that's going to be the driving factor. I, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it. I don't think major deals are going to change. I don't think Fox is going anywhere. I don't think CBS is going anywhere, and I don't think NBC is going anywhere. I don't think ESPN is going anywhere with Monday Night. Rob, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I agree. I think I agree with that. I think it's going to be interesting to see what some of these secondary markets. Uh, we'll do. I know the article mentions, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google um, as potential options. It's going to be interesting if something does happen with that and they try to expand the game that way um, by using uh, more, you know, social media as far as uh, and I can see a deal getting done with Twitter for them to show they were showing the Thursday night games, maybe show some Sunday night games and let Twitter put, you know, the the gifts on again. You know, there were a lot of accounts that got suspended for showing. Um, you know, one single play of something, you know, on a tweet, uh, they're not allowed to do that. And I could see that being part of a deal and maybe allowing that to happen again. Um, but other than that, I think, it, you know, a lot of it just kind of stays the same. You don't really see too many changes in that regard um, as far as the networks are concerned. 
All right, number 24, teams will follow the lead of the Chiefs and the Falcons to keep to try to keep fans coming to games. What they're talking about is making changes to try and be more fan-friendly, specifically friendly to their pockets. Um, the Chiefs announced a mobile-only season ticket plan that's uh, much cheaper than the normal ticket plan, and the Falcons have incredibly reasonable concession prices, like 3 bucks for like a hot dog and like, like two fifty for a beer. Um, Rob, do you think other teams are going to follow suit? I think teams are going to be watching this. Um, the thing that Kansas City did um, is actually there's teams in other sports that do it. Um, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see if this works. It worked with them. I could see it working with the NFL, especially teams that are fringe teams that are in trouble of having, you know, like blackouts. You know, these are the type of things that are going to help make it so that doesn't happen. Um, I love what the Atlanta Falcons are doing with the concessions. I mean, they're regular, like normal prices. It's insane. So um, I think you may see a little bit more of it. I think teams will be kind of cautiously dipping their toe into that unless um, they're a team that needs to do something to get ticket tickets sold so they don't black, don't have blackout games, uh, in which case, you know, in Atlanta, I mean, they were really good this year, but typically – they don't. I don't believe they sold. They sell out every game, um, or at least they didn't a couple years ago. Um, I think then those are the teams that maybe get more into stuff like this. I hope teams that follow suit because I think this is great for the fans. And just speaking from a personal level, if you know the the local team is going to charge less for beer, I'm just going to drink twice as much beer. They're going to make their money on the back end. They just got to believe it's- in the believe in the numbers. It's factually correct. That's actually a really good point. All right, finally, number 25. The Jets will find their QB of the future. Nope. No. Sam Darnold already said he might not be coming out this year. I love it. <laughs> I I think they're going to take their pick of the quarterback. I think they'll be on the clock first, and they're going to pick the quarterback of the future. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you never know. The draft is a crapshoot, but I think they're going to – pick the highest likely guy and for uh draft pick to say he might stay in college and just turn down millions and millions of dollars. I think they're going to get their guy. I, I I think the jets are going to do it, man. I think the jets are going to going to find a way to get their new Geno Smith. They are. They're going to, they're going to draft the kid out of Wyoming and he's going to be a bust. No, they're going to draft a quarterback who's going to put an end to this Patriots nightmare. And we're all going to rejoice. No. Well, the, the the Patriots nightmare isn't ending until Belichick retires. Yeah, I I agree. He's the uh, he, he's, he's the one. The, yep, he is. He, he's really the evil emperor. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this kind of return to Sunday's episode of the Next Fan Up podcast. Follow us at NFU Podcast. Email us uh, nextfanup at gmail dot com. Uh, we have a website. Check that out. Nextfanup.wordpress.com. dot com. Monty, as I said, I think you are at Montsadius. Uh, Rob, you are Buffalo underscore sauce, I believe. Am I right? Yes. Perfect. All right, so only taking me years to remember those two Twitter handles. You can find me at Corais, at K-O-R-E-I-S. And with that, we're going to turn it over to Landry Jones. There you have it. Next week will be next week. Today I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to go back home and, and hang out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.